Today, I want to talk to you about impact through influence. Impact through influence. And that's not anybody. That's the area of influence that God has given you. And, and I want to look at this because influence means the capacity to have an effect on character development behavior of someone or something. My pastor in New York that was a dynamic preacher, Pastor Jerry Kaufman, he's gone on to be with the Lord today, but he made a comment and he embedded it into our heart and our spirit, and it was this, and it really went along with what I learned in financial services, but he always embedded in us with the knowledge that we have of the Word of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. We have the ability and the opportunity to change people's lives, to literally change people's lives. And how many of you know today that with the truth of God's word in your heart and life today, the truth that you know, and the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you, every day of your life, you have the opportunity to literally impact and change someone's life for eternity. We all have that opportunity. And I want to talk to you about that today in our sphere of influence. Because what I don't want is here at Transformation Church that we get so busy doing ministry that we forget it's about the people. That, that we don't get so busy building the church that we forget about is the people. Because ministry is about people. And I often tell you here, my number one role and, and desire as a pastor is not to build this church. It's to build you, to help build you. As I'm asking God and you help build me, that, that we invest in each other and realize that ministry is about people, not buildings and properties and things. And so as we look at that, let's go to our text, Matthew chapter 5. We've used this text several times in, in series here, but I want to go a little different direction today. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. So how many knows that Jesus is saying that if you have a light and you set it on a hill and the sun goes down and it's dark, you can't hide that light. It's impossible because darkness forces that light to expose itself. And then he goes on to say, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God says the same way that light shines on that hill, so should your light shine in the midst of the world of darkness that people will see your good deeds and know and ask questions and glorify your Father that's in heaven. And that just as that light cannot be hidden in the natural realm, God says you can't hide yours either. And by the way, the darker it gets out there, the easier it is for our light to shine. And how many will say it's getting darker out there? And the darker it gets, the more open. Listen, people are right now, they're panicking all over this nation through political issues and social issues and economic issues. We're, our nation's in one of the greatest panics we've ever seen. But I want to tell you something. What does that mean? You're, you're going to be coming early before too long if you want a seat because everyone's going to be filled. It's a proven fact. When man loses his faith out there, it runs into here looking for an answer in God somewhere. And I want to tell you, they're looking for him in us. And God says you're going to reach them, not by standing on a preach corner yelling at them, you're going to hell. You're going to reach them by doing good deeds 
A little something extra to show you God loves your cards we have back there that when you mow a neighbor's yard and when you cook a bowl of soup for someone that's sick and when you bless someone on your job, when you drive through Wendy's and pay for the car behind you and let them give them the card and they pull up and go, pretty cool, the guy in front of me. And we get calls going, someone in your church paid for my food today and I, I just want to call and say thank you. What is it? Good deeds, simple acts of kindness, and it's telling the world that Jesus is really real. And so I want to talk to you today about impacting your sphere of influence. This is God's entire plan and strategy to touching and impacting our world with the hope of Jesus. It's not through big crusades. It's not through big revivals, and those were good, and they've served their time, but they haven't changed our world. But the world's going to be changed when we as the body of Christ, just think about it. If every Christian in Pensacola this week did that, just think about the impact that we would make on our city in one week. If every Christian in Pensacola just did a good deed, an act of kindness to demonstrate the love of Christ in someone's life personally this week, the impact that we could make on one city in one week. And that's the gospel, and that's the plan that Jesus has set forth for us. Every individual person in this room today has a positive or negative influence on the arena of influence that God has given you. The attitudes and actions that we present, the words that come out of our mouth are making a major impact on the people that God has placed around us. And I want to go to a little story in the book of Acts, chapter 16. It's not in your notes because it's too long. But it's a story about Paul and Silas, and you've read it if you've been in church long. But Paul and Silas are preaching, and they're casting out devils. They're healing the sick, and miracles are taking place through them. And all of a sudden, this little demonic girl who's been used in witchcraft and all of this, she comes up, and she's yelling and screaming, and, and she's interrupting, and she's trying to interrupt the ministry of Paul and Silas, and finally Paul has enough because she's interrupting what he's trying to say and do and declaring the gospel, and the Bible says that he spoke directly to the Spirit within that little girl, and here's what I want you to understand today. He didn't speak to the girl. He spoke to the Spirit that was destroying her. And here's what he said. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. Can I go ahead and just throw this in here right now? Many in the church need to learn how to talk to the cause of the problem rather than the person that's dealing with the problem. Amen. That was worth coming to church. That can be on Facebook right there. That's a Facebook quote right there. Can I tell you, the church is great at talking to the person with the problem if we've missed addressing the cause of the problem. We've got to come and realize today that Paul did not speak to the girl. He spoke to the spirit that was trying to destroy her. And we need to see, we've learned this through having a special needs grandson now in restaurants where we used to, at times when I plead guilty, you'd sit there and go, can't you keep that kid still? Can't you keep that kid quiet? And you don't know what's making that kid act like that. And I've had a man look at me and go, if I had, that, had him a little while, I could stop that. You ain't stopping nothing because <laughs> you don't know. And can I tell you, we need to start seeing through the eyes of Jesus and start addressing the demonic, sinful nature of man that's causing the problem, and let's set the person free. You with me today? And so we've got to come and realize today that, that now because Paul and Silas did that, they're stripped and, and they're thrown into prison, and, and how many would call that a bad day? 
I mean, you're preaching the gospel. Now, because of that, you're stripped, you're beaten, you're thrown, not only in just in prison, but they're thrown into the center section of the prison to make sure they couldn't escape. And a jailer's been assigned to them. And so they're now in stocks and bonds, bloody and beaten. And at midnight, they start to sing praises unto God. And the Bible said all the prisoners heard them. All the prisoners heard them. Now, where were the prisoners? Who were they? They were their arena of influence because they have proven that our area or arena of influence is determined by the people that you spend an hour or more a, a week with. Anyone you spend an hour or more a week with is in your arena of influence. The tragedy of that is the average father spends seven minutes a day with their child a personal time, that's 49 minutes a week. Most of our children are not even in the arena of influence of their father. That's a good word for fathers in here, by the way. But here, they're in this arena of influence because they've been in stocks and bonds over an hour, so now they've got an influence to make. And instead of cursing God and why and how come, they're serving and worshiping God and all the prisoners were impacted by it And then all of a sudden, God sends a move of his Holy Spirit, and every prisoner in the jail is let go. And all of a sudden, this jailer wakes up to the point that everybody's free, but Paul and Silas didn't run. They stayed. How many knows when prisoners get free, they leave? They don't hang around. Paul and Silas is hanging around, and the jailer, he, he comes to him, and he goes, why, why, what's different about you? Everybody else is gone. What's different about you? Why did you stay? There's something different about you. And on a bad day, Paul and Silas, in their arena of influence, showed something different than what the rest of the world showed. And the jailer asked them, what must I do to be converted, what must I do to be saved? And Paul, he responds to him to to confess to the Lord, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into his heart and that he would be saved and his household. And when we say household, we often refer to, well, his family got saved. No, the Greek in household there in the context of that scripture meant everyone under his umbrella of influence that what Paul literally told him through the gospel was now that you know Christ, everyone under your arena of influence is gonna have the opportunity to know him too. And let me say this to you and I today. The message is for us today. The jailer was thinking about taking his life, but Paul steps in and because he was different, and can I say that's what's gonna make us have an open arena, open opportunity to share Jesus with those in our arena of influence is that we're different than the other people in their life. We're not better, but we're different. Because we stick with them when others run. We stay with them when others don't have time. We give to them when others take. Come on, you hear me today? And we make impact, and that's what Paul and Silas did. And here's what I want to talk to you about today. How do we do this? Number one, what is my personal place of influence? Who has God set into my life that I'm to impact through influence? Number one is my family and my friends. My family and my friends. Now watch this. 
How many's found out family is the hardest ones to talk to? Because in their eyes, you don't know nothing. Come on, help me in here, right? They're tough to talk to, right? They don't want to talk to us. They want to talk to somebody else. So how do I win my family? Not through my speaking, but through my living, my influence, that I influence them by my actions, not my words, and I speak to my friends. Now, you can talk to your family. Some of them will listen, but most, they don't, all right? But friends listen to us. And so our first place of influence that God wants us to make impact is our family and our friends. Every person of in here, as I said, has an arena of influence. Mark 5, 19 says, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Go, go home to your family and tell them your story. And tell them what God has done for you and share with them the mercy that God has shown into your life. We shared with you the scripture last Sunday where it's been so beat up and misused and where the Bible says to always be ready to give an answer for. And we always stop right there. And we freak out. Well, I, I don't have the answer to everybody's question or everybody's problem. I don't, I don't have the answer to all the debates and all that's going on. That's not what the scripture said. Be ready, always ready to give an answer for the hope that is found in you, in Christ. That you're always ready to what? Give an answer. Go home and tell your family. Tell him how, what God has done for you and the mercy that he has shown into your life. Anyone in here witness to what God has done in your life? Anyone in here, God's done some amazing things in your life? Can anyone here say, I was really messed up until Jesus came along and, and did some work in my life? I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm sure not that person anymore. And, and I'm in this thing. I'm working this salvation thing out with fear and trembling like Jesus told me to. I, I'm not perfect. Your preacher's not perfect. You can ask the lady on the front row and she'll testify to that. All right, but what are we doing? We're all working this thing out together. But the world around you today, they want to know somebody's real. They just want to know you're real. And he said, go home and tell them. And I want to challenge you today. Some of you have been turned off to your family. You've even been questioning God on why you put me in this group. Maybe so there would be somebody in there to win them, to have influence and impact in that lineage. Number two is I've got to realize my appointed place and my appointed time. If I'm going to impact my sphere of influence, I recognize my appointed place and my appointed time. God has strategically placed you where you are with a purpose. He strategically placed you in the family lineage that you're in right now. He strategically placed you to live in Pensacola or Gulf Breeze or wherever you live. He strategically placed you to work where you're working right now, so quit complaining about it. Listen to me. Everybody look at me. Because many of you are asking God for promotions and something better, and when you manage and steward what he's put you in now, he'll give you something better. But God's not going to promote me to something better if I'm not impacting where he's got me now. Your financial and natural blessings come through spiritual obedience. 
And when we obey God in our calling, then promotions come with us. In Acts 17, 26, from one man, he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. That God marked out the very day you was going to be alive. How many knows there's some crazy stuff going on in our society right now? And it'll make you mad if you get into it in the flesh. But I want to tell you something. God has appointed you to live in one of the darkest times in America's history so that you could be a light and bring revival and change lives. And rather than find a foxhole and come over here and die and give up, no, the church has always thrived the greatest when it was under persecution. And guess what? This is the greatest hour for the church. We're not sitting back and going, oh, help us, Jesus, get us out of here. No, we're here to conquer until he comes. We're here to occupy until he comes. People are going to get fed up with all of that nonsense out there, and they're going to grow empty of looking in empty places for their hope and their answer, and they're going to come back to God and come back to the church, and we better be ready for them when they get here knowing that we're living in an opportune time that God has assigned you. Come on, say that with me. God's assigned me for this time right now. And guess what? He's assigned you in the place you're in too. The ball team you're on, the school that you go to, the college that you're in, the church you attend, the business that you have, the things that you love doing. All of those things are part of God's assignment in your life because there's specific people that God's ordained you to reach with the hope of Jesus through your story. And so you've got to realize today that I didn't just wake up today and go, this is the day the Lord hath made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Do that. Now go touch somebody with it. Because it's not just for me. It's the day that I'm made to touch somebody else with the hope of Jesus. And so let's look at this real quick. All right, number three is my personal passions determine my arena of influence, my personal passions. You hang out with people of like passions. I, I love to hunt. I hang out with hunters. They ain't all Christians yet. I'm going to climb a tree in November, and I'm going to sit there from daylight to dark. All right? Why? Because I love that, and I'm going to hang out with hunters, and I'm going to share Jesus. I love guns, so I hang out with folks that like guns, all right? Amen. I got some gun lovers in the church. Just leave them at home on Sunday. All right. Okay. And, and so what is it? My wife loves shopping. She makes fun of me for sitting in a tree stand for six hours. I make fun of her for bumping elbows with a thousand people she don't know, okay? Makes no logic sense to me. But she loves shoppers, so she's going to hang out with shoppers in the church, all right? And, and what is it? God's given you passions. He's given you things you love that attracts other people to you that have the like passion and love. Why did he do that? So you could share your story. You have a warm market right there of people that identify with you and your passions create an arena of influence that you can have to touch other people's lives. That's why we want you starting small groups with your passion and bringing other people in and letting them hear your story of the grace of Jesus. So don't just ignore the passions that you have. God gave them to you so that you could impact other people's lives with them. And so understanding that I've got this arena of influence, I want to talk to you real quick on how do I impact that sphere of influence? Okay, identify them, but how do I make impact in them? Number one is through my behavior. Our behavior. We should act a little bit different than the rest of the world, shouldn't we? 
and, and how we act, the things that we do. We, we shouldn't come in here and be one way on Sunday and something else Monday through Saturday. The people on our jobs should point out and recognize that there's something different about us, like the jailer did with Paul. It's what's about you that makes you different? What, what about you made you stay when everybody else ran? And our behavior, how we treat people, how we respond to people, knowing that we, we've got a safe church here. And I, I'm just going to throw this in. One of the things I love about this church, man, is you can bring any person you want. They can be dealing through anything they're dealing with in life. And, and they can be in sin. They, they can be in struggle. They can be in anything. And we just want you to know, whosoever will, you can come to this house. You can come here and be welcome. And we're going to love you. And, and we're not going to sit here and point at you and tell you you're going to hell. If you're going, you already know it. You don't need 500 Christians reminding you. But you can take that same energy and tell somebody how to get to heaven and take them with you. And we, we, Hell's very real, and we're going to let people know about that, but that shouldn't be the first part of your conversation when you're building influence, building relationship. And so we, we look at this and understand today that we've got to watch our behavior. And God spoke a lot about behavior. He, he talks about our manners. How many had parents that when you were growing up, it was like, okay, we're going to something very special now. Don't you act like you do at home. You watch your manners. Anybody watch those manners, all right? Can I tell you, God says that all the way through the scripture. Just watch your manners. Because when we realize the impact that God is depending on us to have on others, it motivates us to watch how we act around them. How we handle ourselves around people. Colossians, the Apostle Paul said, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders or the unchurched, he's referring to. Be wise in the way that you act toward the unchurched. Make the most of every opportunity. Watch your behavior. Watch what you say. Don't join in on their stuff. Let your conversation be always full of grace, not judgmental, not you're going to hell, not you're worthless, not this or that. Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone with your story. You're saying, watch your behavior. Watch, watch how you respond. Be careful what you say to people. Stand up for truth, but do it in a way that they want to hear you. Don't do it in a way so that you can say, oh, I told them, didn't I? Yeah, you told them, they didn't listen. And we've got to come today and watch our behavior. Be strong in your faith, but present it in a way that people can receive it and know that you love them and that you care. Number two, you've got to understand our opportunity, that we're living in a time of an opportunity that if I'm going to impact my sphere of influence, that I recognize the opportunity that is given me. And here's what I want you to see in that. There's 7 billion people in the world today. And here's what I want you to see today. Y'all with me today? I know y'all lost an hour of sleep, but y'all are really quiet today, all right? But here, here's the fact. There's 7 billion people in the world today. And out of those 7 billion, every day of mine in your life, God orchestrates in heaven for one of those seven billion to cross mine in your path. On purpose. And, and I'll preach this till I die, but I'm a firm believer that every day of mine in your life, God has to sign and set up a divine appointment with me and somebody else 
that's needing Jesus, that's needing a friend, that's needing someone to care, just someone to talk to, just someone to give them a few minutes of your time. Every day of our life, God has picked, handpicked one of those seven billion people and said, I got a Ryan Teague right over here in Pensacola and I'm gonna have you run across him today and he's gonna meet you at a gym. He's gonna meet you at a CrossFit. He's gonna meet you at a church you serve. He's gonna, I got this one guy, I can depend on him to be ready when you cross that path. He's looking for you. With me? And that's what God is wanting to say to us today that every day of our life there's an opportunity. Every day of our life, and we've got to be looking for those that we miss them because we're busy with our life. And every day of your life, God's assigned someone to you. That's why I refuse to I refuse to go to sleep any night of my life. I refuse to go to sleep until I can be able to look and say and write down how God used me somehow that day to impact somebody's life in a positive way. Because why waste 24 hours of God's grace when it's so free to me? Are you with me today? And understand that God gives every one of us, I'm not jumping on you, I'm trying to help you, that God gives every one of us the opportunity in our sphere of influence. That's the people that I'm with at least an hour a week. God gives me an opportunity every day to impact one of their lives in some manner. Start looking for those opportunities. Start watching, praying, asking God to make you aware of what's going on in the lives around you. And God will do it. Number three, you with me? Number three, I'm skipping some stuff here to get to everything. Time is flying. Is our message. Our message. What is it that we have to say? What is it that God wants us to share? You see, our message is not one of, you better turn or burn. Going to hell. Now we have a different message. Hell is very, very real, by the way. But if you're going to heaven, you don't have to worry about hell. And if you know Jesus, you don't have to worry about the devil. And our role and our message is Jesus in heaven. And that we can present Christ to a world today that's empty and looking. And, and there's a world out there that's waiting for a message from you that's not one of, a, of judgment and one of hatred and, and one of division. But it's one that's pointing them to a person, Jesus, that can ultimately change their life. And I challenge every one of you because he said to always be ready to give an answer to the hope that is found inside of you. And I challenge every one of you to be able to help your personal story within a three-minute time frame. That when someone walks up to you within a three-minute time frame, you can tell a synoptic of your story. This is what Jesus did for me. And then it'll create an atmosphere that they can ask questions or open discussion and you can take it further. But they don't want a 20-minute sermon Whenever you're talking to your friends, they want them just a, just a, just a little nitpick of what, what does Jesus mean to you? And throw an appetizer out there and then get the meal ready. And people are looking for that. And all I want to challenge you today is have your message ready. Don't get caught off guard. But have a message of hope. Have a message that can give an opportunity for life change in people. And how many knows all around us today, you're going to go to work tomorrow and you're going to be at work for five days this week. And you're going to be in a mission field that needs Jesus. Anybody with me on that? I mean, right now, you could name 20 people in your sphere of influence, your arena of influence right now that's unsaved. I mean, just only four of us. The rest of us are just hanging out with church folks all week. How many here has an arena of influence that needs Jesus? They need impact in their life. And I want to challenge you today that you make impact 
through influence. God placed you around the people you're around. He put you in that arena of influence. He puts you around those people that have the same passion you have. He puts you on that job so that you can make impact. He puts you in the subdivision that you're living in so you could touch people that won't go to church yet. He puts you in certain passions that you have so you can impact people of like passion. All of those things are all part of one thing that God assigns you and I to make impact in our arena of influence. And I want to challenge you today. Let's don't come in here Sunday after Sunday and see 5, 10, 15 empty seats. Let's fill them up every week. Because I pray over them every week. I walk through these seats and I pray over every chair. Because every chair represents a person. It represents another person that we can take out of hell and we can put in heaven. We can take out of emptiness and we can put into fulfillment. We can take out of sorrow and we can bring into hope and joy. And I want to challenge you there around you and I today. Let's don't go through another week and not impact a person's life. Let's start looking every day in our arena of influence. Impact through invite, that's just out there in the city. And do that, because I love it. That's my hobby. I love walking up to people I don't know and getting into their world and finding out if they know Jesus or not. Now, you may not be comfortable doing that, but do it with your sphere of influence. Talk to those people that you do know. Get into their world. Make a difference. Let's start sharing this joy of Jesus. Let's start giving hope out to people around us. Let's impact that sphere of influence that God has given us with the hope of Jesus today. How many knows they need it? They need it. Amen? How many receive God's word today? You receive it? Let's go out and change the world. Let's change it with the hope of Jesus. Let's make a difference in someone's life. Pray with me. Father, we love you today and we thank you. We thank you, God, that you've changed us. You've saved us. You've healed us, Father. You've come, Lord, and transformed our lives. You did it for a reason. You did it, God, so that we could go out now and impact the world that's around us. God, we can present a hope. We can present a real change, an opportunity. God, they can come and find you. And so, Lord, I pray over us today, including myself, that we become more aware. We become more aware. We become more concerned. God, for those that you've placed specifically to be under our management and our arena of influence, that, God, you've challenged us, you've placed us, you've equipped us so that, God, we can make impact, we can bring hope. And I pray, God, that you just awaken every one of us, Father, that, God, we don't let a week go by, we don't let days go by, and even learn to not even let a day go by. God, we don't recognize that divine appointment that you set with someone today. That God, we have the opportunity to literally change their life, change their course, change their destiny through the hope that you place within us. And I pray you help us with that in Jesus' name. While your bed's bowed in here, and you might be in here right now, say, Pastor Dan, I don't even want to wait to Easter, but right now I know I'm not where I need to be with God. Right now, I know that there's some decisions I need to make spiritually in my life. I'm not a bad person. I'm just not where I need to be spiritually today, where I need to be with God. And I just want you to pray a prayer for me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray for you right now. If that's you, while every head's bowed, would you just slip a hand up and you can put it right back down. God bless you. Wow, hands going up all over this building right now. There's eight, ten hands just went up in the air. More hands going up. Come on, we just thank God right now. Oh, man, this is your day. This is your hour right now for a life change because God didn't come today to beat you up. 
He's come today to love you and to change and give you hope, give you a future. And we want you to know you're in a safe church, man, that we're going to help you walk that out because we're learning to walk it too. And right now, if you raised your hand or you did not and you need Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. We're going to join you so you don't feel alone. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me and let's just celebrate right now.